welcome to episode 10 of Getting Real About. In today's episode, Sarah, Virginia, Jody, and Sharon get real about having a strong marriage. They talk about the importance of being on the same page when it comes to parenting and finances, how good communication rules all, and having God at the center of their marriage. All right, ladies, it's time to get real. Hello, welcome to today's podcast, Getting Real About Strong Marriages. So I'm excited to be here today. My name is Sarah Carbajal. I have been married for 15 years and I have three children. So 14. And if you did the math, then yes, we had a honeymoon baby. Uh, We have a 12 year old and my youngest is two. That was God's timing, not our timing, but it's great. Um, So I have some wonderful ladies here with me today. I want you each to introduce yourself and let the viewers know a little about you also. So Jody. Hello, uh, my name is Jody Wilson and I have been married 22 years uh, next month. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. And when I married Dave, uh, he was previously married. So I went there, we had a two and a five year old from his previous marriage. And now they are 28 and 25. And then together we've gone on to have three more children who are Zoe's 18, Sawyer is 16, and Bray is 12. You got a good big household. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Always exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any grandkids? I do. We do. Uh, we have two grandchildren. So, and they are four and two. Awesome. Yeah. And Sharon? Hi, I'm Sharon Moody, and I've been married for 53 years. Yes, 5'3". <laughs> and we have two grown children. I won't give you their ages, but they're both <laughs> in their 40s. They're both married, and they both have families of their own. And we have five grandchildren. Let's see if I can get their ages right. 19, mm-hmm. 15, 13, 11, and 10. Wow. wow. Yeah. I love that. Full house. Yes. Holidays are probably great. Holidays are great. And we're, there's still 11 of us, so we can all fit around my dining room table. Perfect. <laughs> when we can sit around the dining room table. <laughs> right. And then Virginia. Hi, I'm Virginia Wilson. Um, I married, me and my husband have been married six years, um, remarried. So we have a blended family of five kids. I was going to say children, but half of them aren't children. (laughs) So, um, we have two that recently moved out of the house, 22 and a 20 year old, which are my stepchildren or bonus children. We like to say, Mm -hmm. so they're slowly growing up. I have a 20 year old daughter, a 16 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. So we are also a full house and, um, yeah, so my no. my stepson's about to have I a baby, so that's kind of like, anyway. Grandchild uh, on the way. Yeah. Don't say the G word, because you're going to be a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it now. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yes. I read this funny quote that said, don't laugh at your wife's choices because you're one of them. And I thought <laughs> that was pretty funny that's about good. marriage. So, okay, so let's get into some discussion today. Um, so what has been the best part of your marriage so far? Anybody? That's really a hard one for me because there's been so many, um, watershed moments, I guess you'd say Mm -hmm. along the way. And we've had, we've had honeymoon stage. We've had children and all of the growing up things and, uh, all of the stages of kids uh, we've had empty nests. We've had, mm-hmm. um, now we're into retirement. So in each stage, I think that there's, I think the best part, I guess I would say is the concept of companion. You know, mm-hmm. when you've, when you're so focused on children, you know, when you've got toddlers and school age and activities and sports and all that sort of thing. And even as they get even older, um, it's all, so much of it is about them and about their needs, and about home, and security, and family, and all that stuff. And then you have, we're able to, where we're at now, be able to look back and say, right. okay, I, I think the best part of each of those stages has been that I've had a partner there, um, a, a full, 
a full-time partner mm-hmm. and that idea of companion to be able to walk through all of those different stages, even when you don't agree. Right. Um, and you certainly don't agree on every little thing. Uh, sometimes you don't agree on a lot of things. Yeah. But I, having that companion there and knowing that he's there. Yeah. No matter what. I think that's been probably the best thing overall. Yeah. I would say for me, um, you know, we've gone through hard things and then going through that together and that bond and um, coming together and coming out the other side, you know, mm-hmm. and especially for us, because we definitely look to our faith in that moment um, with what we went through. And it just brought us closer together mm-hmm. and getting to have that kind of connection mm-hmm. um, with someone. And like you're saying, that companionship and just being able to get through something together. Yeah. That's what I would say has been the best part. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so, good. Yeah. So what are you proudest of as a couple? <laughs> uh, I would say the fact that we're still married. Right. <laughs> That's worth being proud of, like for all of us. Yeah. Yep. No, um, definitely. Uh, you know, we did make a commitment um, and that was really important. That was me, especially. I never really wanted to be married. So I vowed that if I ever did get married, that was going to be it. And, you know, on the other side of it, we've definitely, like you, been through so many ups and downs and challenges, but having made that commitment, and that's where we go back to is, you know, we made this commitment. What do we have Mm -hmm. to do to get through this? And we've always worked through the issues and come out stronger on the other side, which is awesome. And then also just proud, um, I would say, at this stage of the game, um, that our kids are, are solid, that they love Jesus, that mm-hmm. they, you know, we're, we, um, they love to still hang out with us, which is right. super yeah. awesome. awesome. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we did this together. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, I think like the biggest accomplishment so far for us is to blend two families is insane, scary. Lots of things come through your mind. So for me and my husband to ever to be able to blend our kids and they all get along and they still want to all hang out with us and they still call us if they're not living with us and or stop by and walk in the front door, knock on our bedroom door or sit in the end of our bed. Those are just our my proudest moments because it was, you know, it was a scary time to think yeah. like, would that ever happen? Another scary thing is to um, wonder because we had two broken marriages if they'll ever want to get married. And so a proud thing is that our kids, that's their goal is to date, get married. Um, and so as much as I want to even take like credit for all that, I think that's the proudest moment was just like thanking God that he did that. Cause I don't think we could have done that on our own. Right. So, that's yeah. That's yeah, it's, awesome. It's How about often you, the little, well, it's often the little things yeah. that in the end are the ones that you remember the most. And they're really the ones that are the most important. So yeah, I appreciate what you had said. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I have another question for you guys. So do you, what do you think it means to be a good wife? Um, and how has that changed as you've been together, like over time? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's definitely changed for me um, in regard to when we first got married, you know, I was older. Um, I was twenty nine when we got married and definitely having two kids instantly. I mean, I was super selfish and Mm. it was all about like, wait a minute, you're totally invading my everything. And over the years, of course, now, um, you know, serving my husband in every er area and letting go of the things, not per se, letting go of everything, but just my perspective has changed on, you know, how it's not really about me and right. it's about him and my family and and yeah that's definitely changed mm-hmm. a lot and for me as I've mentioned the the different stages um it you have to be able to adjust and change and I've noticed changes in myself but I don't always notice the changes in my husband and so to be aware of those kinds of things as you go through different stages I, I think that's for me, it was it was really important to be able to do that and to think. Uh, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that I had it's like I had four different marriages because our situation was different and our our priorities were different and our likes and dislikes 
change some. I mean, there are certain non-negotiables and things that are always there. But as the events of the world and our life around us change, you have to be able to change oh, with yeah. it. Yeah, sure. and I think that's probably the most important. That's and true. I'm sure all the stages, I can't imagine that yet. You've gone through. Yeah. Because um, I see that even in the, you even just having kids at different ages mm -hmm. and so, how we've had to change mm -hmm. or how the world's changed. That's right. Sometimes it feels like it was another life. Yeah. You know, and you'll, you'll feel that same thing. You know, I'm sure you have, you know, uh, when your child is two is different than when they're 14. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, being a good wife, I feel like I've been a wife twice. Oh, wait, I have. <laughs> um, but I think that um, to be a good wife, I don't know. When, sometimes when you have like a failure, like a failed marriage, you question so much stuff. Like, mm -hmm. what did I do wrong? Right. What did I? And so going into and God bringing me my husband and I feel like, you know what? I cannot trust another person with mm -hmm. my happiness, with everything. And you're just so fearful. So I had to really learn um, to be a good wife. It's just not comparing. You never compare yes. your husband, your marriage, anything to anybody else, even your past. You know, I couldn't compare what I've gone through in this marriage. Like this is a new marriage. It's something that God gave me that's brand new. And so to believe the best about your spouse, I think has been our biggest thing. Like no matter how many fears I have that you might go do this, or I don't have control of what you're about, the decision you're about to make is to just say, no, God put you here. I'm going to believe the best about you, no matter what, even in the hard days, you know, maybe you said something wrong or you looked at me wrong, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever it is, I'm going to believe the best that you just love me and I right. just have to move forward. So I think that helps me be a good wife is just to live in the moment, not worry about what's going to happen 10 years from here, because I already know God's got this, you know, and I feel like that helps me be kind of just, you know, have a good foundation of just not worrying so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that my husband appreciates that because I'm not so... I just not going to hover over you. Cool. You got your phone. Cool. Whatever. You know, God's got this. And so mm -hmm. I think that's really helped me be a, a better wife because we all want to be better, you know, than yeah. yesterday. So when you and I talked about this, Virginia, about how hard that insecurity was of being married again and letting that insecurity get in the way and just having to say, you know what? No, like God wants this for me. He wants me to be happy. He wants my marriage to be strong and successful. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think that even if you haven't been remarried, you're always in that insecurity. Like, you know, we're getting older and, you know, you go to a pool and you're like, well, I don't look like that. Does my husband care that I look like that? You know, just all the insecurities as women that we just come up against every day. I think just like those are things that we have to learn um, how to get through and believe the best about our spouse, believe that they just really love us. And and that helps us be a better person. It, nobody wants to be insecure, right? Like mm -hmm. nobody wants to look like that. But it's funny. Like, I think we all have a deep secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we got this. But we we don't. We're like, you know, afraid that. Uh, and even nowadays that there's something better out there. Right. Or, and I think that's part of like the changing too also is like, we can't be scared that we're changing. Like that's good. Like mm -hmm. we want to grow together. Like mm -hmm. Sharon said, have that companionship that mm -hmm. we enjoy the right. changes. You yeah. know, we enjoy the, I can't get up off the couch, help me up, you know, or, you know, just that person that just loves you for yeah. who you are. So mm -hmm. I would say in the beginning for me, um, I thought being a good wife meant being perfect because that's, something I struggle with is being a perfectionist, right? Being, making the best meals, um, being good at mm -hmm. everything. And I kind of started to realize, and we kind of live in a society anyway, where it's, it's me, right? right. And we focus on me. And the, the more time we've been married, the more I've realized it's about focusing on him and his needs right. instead of worrying about me being perfect. Um, so it's changed over time in that I've had to really learn or dive into what does he need um, to be to feel fulfilled in our marriage. And it's so and you I'm sure you guys could say the same. It's so crazy when you start to focus more on them than you see the same happen. And right. it just so true changes things so much in your marriage. So it's definitely evolved for me over time and, you know, having people to talk to and speak into your life or, you know, do different yeah. marriage 
um, like books or seminars or whatever, where you can just glean things from that. Like, oh, I never really thought about that. Or, you know, like we did laugh your way to a better marriage. And it really talks all about intimacy, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some (laughs) point, but how you don't realize, like we don't always realize the things they need and vice versa. So once you can learn to understand that, then it changes over time as like what you define as being a good wife, you know? So um, let's see, have you done any personality tests um, or relationship tests to better understand yourself? Like kind of along those lines, I know uh, my husband and I both work together. We work here at the church and that's been, that has its own challenges. And then um, like, there's also great things about it too. Like we completely understand what the other one's talking about, which having that is really nice. Um, then I kind of had told you guys on the flip side, there's times where it's hard to not feel like, you know, if one's getting credit for something and you feel like you had something to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to feel that little bit of uh, like, you know, what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Not envy, but I don't know. You just feel a little like, oh, approval. Yeah. Like you want to be recognized. Yes. And so you're happy they're being recognized. But then on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah. So we did um, an Enneagram test here. And I would say that it was also kind of um, reaffirmed what I kind of already knew. But I'm a two. So I'm a helper. And my husband's a three and he's an achiever. (laughs) So the really great part about <laughs> that, him achieve. yes, I mean. he likes to be great and he likes to be recognized and he likes to be successful. And I like to help and I'm, I don't necessarily need the recognition as much, but I want to feel, I guess, more from him, like valued that he okay. sees, you know, sure. what I'm doing and acknowledges that. So have any of you done any personality tests or maybe love languages or yeah, we, in the very beginning, um, we, we did premarital counseling and then we jumped right in and did the love languages, um, which was really helpful. Um, we've read Love and Respect, uh, the book, and we've actually, over the years, you know, looked at anything like that as just what can we do to go, what can we utilize to get stronger, get some tools in our backpack? And so we um, have actually went through numerous different biblical um, marriage counseling home groups, if you will. We've actually led several of those. Um, And we've actually been through, you know, uh, traditional counseling as Mm -hmm. well, which I can talk about later. But um, yeah, just I'm we've done I think we need to do whatever we can to because the reality is we are all very different and we all have stuff. (laughs) And at some point, whether you've encountered it or not, you're, we're, every marriage has stuff. And so whatever you can do to find ways to relate and figure out who's this person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life, you know, and uh, I think it's great. Understand how they operate. Right. So you know how to drive it, right? Like a manual. We all need a manual. (laughs) And pray, pray, pray. Praying for your spouse. That is one of the biggest things, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We've done a number of different personality tests and marriage comparison, those kinds of things over the years. Uh, I think the one that we like the best, in fact, my husband used to teach it, and then he got me teaching and had to do, it's called Learning Styles. Okay. And there's a book that is related to that. It's called Dancing with Porcupines. Huh. And basically <laughs> it, it tells you there's four basic types, if you will. And mine is very black and white. I don't have a whole lot of gray in my area, in my life. And it's either yes or no. <clears throat> and my husband, his is more thoughtful. Uh, he likes to research things. Um, you know, there's a little more gray. He likes more and more information and more data, the better it is, you know, the more you have, the better it is. Mm -hmm. And so it helps us understand how we're hardwired because that's what these tests do. They tell you what kind of a personality you have, what you're hardwired. And those things are God given. I mean, you're hardwired because God gave you those things. And so you can't come and argue you're doing it wrong. When, you know, if if they're hardwired that way, they need that time. And I've learned over the years, my husband needs that time to process. If there's a decision that we need to make, 
he needs time to process. He needs time to research. He needs time to look That's at all good. of the data before he makes yes. a, a, a decision. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, see it really, you know, to me, it's like, well, it's clear, you know, let's just do it. Right. <laughs> and so we've had to learn to, he, he speeds up a little bit if it's okay. And I kind of slow down a little bit. And, and so I, I think that's really, really important to do, like you said, do whatever you can to understand that that other person isn't just being mean or obstinate or stubborn. That's the way they're hardwired and you need to be able to dance. And that's yes. with that concept of dancing with porcupines. It feels yes. like, it feels like somebody is, is getting in your space and getting in your face and just being difficult. And they're not, it's like, okay, we need to dance and we need to figure out how to make this work. So yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You well, get poked sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You get a quill every once in a while. <laughs> I mean, obviously five, five languages are the best, but one that um, he actually wrote, you know, second to five love languages is the ways to apologize. Everybody has an apology. Um, I wish I would remember, could remember what exactly it's called, but I read that because um, I never wanted to feel like I'm saying sorry, but have you ever felt like, or your spouse has told you sorry, but you just walked away and feeling, I don't think they're really sorry, or I don't think they really understand. Or they really get it. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. don't get it, you know, and you still hold that. Like mm -hmm. it's, the, it's not forgiven in a sense. And so... Um, I read that book and I'm like, oh, well, you know, we all do have different ways to apologize, even if women, friends, kids, um, some people like to feel like you completely repented of exactly what you did. Some people you're fine with just, I'm sorry that I hurt you. Um, some people need, you know, more like here, here's a gift because I know I hurt your feelings. And so I think that's really helped me like, you know, how I was asking my husband, how do you you know, because at some point I'm going to need to apologize. I haven't yet, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I want to make sure that that's done. It's over. It's you're not saying feeling like um, something's left unsaid or you're not sorry, right. remorseful, you know. So I don't know. I think that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I just think all it's just important at some point to dive into something together yeah. to have that um, intentionality, you know, of, of we're going to try and learn one another better. So I love all of those resources. Um, let's talk about raising kids and discipline. Um, do you agree on how to discipline your kids? I know for my husband and I, we did not, um, agree in the beginning. Um, I am a huge fan of super nanny. I watched a lot <laughs> of super show. nanny shows and <laughs> I was very, like, I wanted to teach them. I wanted to do timeout. My husband just wanted to spank them. Like that's just, it's also kind of how you grow up, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, um, sure. and that was something that actually was kind of hard in the beginning. Um, because not so much that he didn't have a problem with me disciplining the way I wanted to, but he didn't want to discipline the same way. Um, and so having to figure out like how we needed to come together on that. So it wouldn't be a source of contention in our marriage because, um, I mean that let's be honest, that's your daily life. Once you have kids is how are you going to discipline? How are you going to come together and be partners right. in approaching? Cause your kids will sniff out very fast oh, yeah. if you are not united, a united front. So, mm -hmm. um, we had to have lots of conversations about that, um, I don't want to say I won, but over time, <laughs> he did start to see, I guess, the value um, in how I wanted to approach it. Uh, really, I can't take the credit. I love Super Nanny. She has great suggestions, but um, that was hard for us. How about all of you? Yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, we definitely were on the same page, um, but his ex-wife was not on the same page, mm -hmm. uh, which made it super difficult to navigate that. And, and what we learned out of that was, I think, and we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning because the kids had a schedule where they were with us in the beginning. Eventually we got custody, but um, with her and then with us, and it was just a back and forth. So she um, 
didn't want to set any boundaries. And so mm. what we did that I look back and say, oh, that was so not right, is this we would, she would want us to discipline them for things that were done at her house. Oh, wow. And which we did, which was so not, you just can't do that. I, I personally don't think that's healthy now looking back. Um, but mainly, I, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, be on the same page. You know, sit down, pick your battles. Don't pick every battle because, my goodness, you, that would be really hard. But pick your battles and then stand your ground. Yeah. Both of you united because if you are not united 100%, man, your kids will play that so mm-hmm. bad. And they did, um, especially with a, another extended, I mean, it was just, it was hard. Yeah. But um, yeah, discipline. We were fortunate in that we talked a lot about it before we were married. And we were raised in a similar kind of way as far as discipline and stuff was concerned. Although I his parents, he was a, his father was a pastor and missionary and whatnot. And, and I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home, but mm-hmm. as far as how we wanted to raise our kids, we were pretty much on the same page, but as it played out, right. you know, it's one thing to talk about it. Yeah. And then you find yourself in a situation. It's like, okay. And for me, I had to learn a different way because when my kids would come and say, can I go do such and such? And immediately my mind would go, okay, what is this going to mean? I'm going to have to go get gas in the car to take you that far. I'm going to have to get some money. And then I have to change this and I have to change it. So it was really, I, I reacted mm. rather than respond. Right. And so I, I, it, would, it was real easy for me to say no, just no, that's not going to work. And then my husband <laughs> would look at me and he'd kind of, if he was in the same room, you know, he'd sort of motion me over to the corner and say, <laughs> why can't they? This could, this could work if we do such. And, and then, then I would say, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And so that's how it started to play out. And so I learned to not be so reactive because right. it was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to take that time out. I don't, it's too dangerous. Is this and that. I had a hundred different reasons why, it, you know, right. it couldn't work. And he would come along and say, you know, it, could we could just do yeah. such and such so yeah that's good. that's one of the things we had to learn it's a different thing it was good for us to be able to talk about it ahead of time because that pre provided a foundation for us right. for the years yeah. to come but then as each instance came up yeah then you had to kind of say okay how does your philosophy work right in this situation so but you raised yeah. a good point too of it's so important to be able to be there to uplift one another mm-hmm. because um, there's going to be those moments where the, your partner maybe is struggling and you see that mm-hmm. and being able to be there for them. I think that speaks volumes to in a strong marriage of being there for one another mm-hmm. and recognizing we're not always going to know, um, but yeah. being there to lift one yeah. another up. Mm-hmm. And Jody, had, you know, I, I kind of I haven't gone through blended family and, and both Jody and Virginia have. So I can't imagine to the complexities to that. So what about you, Virginia? How has that been? Well, it's funny when you don't when it, they're your kids, like both of your kids, um, like you can kind of, you know, try things out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They're both our kids. They love us. <laughs> we mess them up, you know, whatever. Yeah. They'll forgive us. But when you're coming in and you have two those are his children. Those are right. my children. You feel a type of protection towards them. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I want to always say my husband is first, but when I came into this marriage, my kids were like number one. So mm-hmm. it's funny how that dynamic is a little different. You know how, when, when we teach marriage classes, we always like God, you know, spouse, kids. And it's so different when you're in a blended family. I'm yeah. like, don't mess with my kids. Cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you're mm-hmm. just have this protection and that's okay. But I think both of us went in understanding that. Like he loves his kids so much and he understood how much my kids meant to us and you're cool with everything, but you know, and I think when we finally understood that we were very careful, we made a kind of a, I mean, our kids were a tad bit older. They were, you know, young, 13, 15, you know, but those are the ages where you start having to make some really big parenting choices. But what we did is like, unless it was like had to do, he disciplined his kids. I would just say, hey, this is happening. If, you know, if, unless it was a situation that had to be taken care of, we really just let that parent do that discipline. 
And my husband was always funny. And he, you know, if I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so didn't clean their room and he's leaving with his friends. He's like, no, you go in there and you tell him to clean his room. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I would do my kids. I'd be like, you think you're going to leave this? You know, it's different. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, I'm like, you don't understand. I know, I know you trust me, which I think is awesome. You should trust that other person that they would treat your kids right. If they, you don't trust that, don't marry that person, you know. But he trusted me to do it right. But I said... So this is what I had to understand. I was like, you, my kids, I can yell at them, mess up. They, there's like this bond that they just forgive me later. I said, your kids, they choose to love me. A big difference. Like mm-hmm. they choose that. I said, so I can't go at them the same type of way I would, you know, discipline my kids. Own. So like, yeah. yeah, learning to balance. So I think that, um, I mean, our kids love hanging out. There's been no discipline issues. The only thing that we would right off the bat, is like, I married this man and I love him. Don't disrespect him and vice versa. There has been, for us having all teenagers, not one of our kids has disrespected our spouse. Mm. Like no wow, disrespect, awesome. no talk back. No, I think they're scared at a point, but what it is is they think they just know this would hurt mom or hurt dad. And I would, if they ever, like they need to know how much we mean to each other too. Right. You know, so those just balancing all that and getting the family to understand that dynamic of, we just choose, we choose to love each other. This isn't just all blood and, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know what normally comes with it. But I think the kids have grown to like, understand like, yeah, you don't even have to be real, like blood family. You choose to love people and you respect them. And, we laugh a lot. We laugh a lot. Even if somebody's getting in trouble, we laugh. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a lot. Nothing's just awkward in the house. We can laugh about things. You know, people go through stuff. But um, like you were saying, Sharon like, is big, is if something's happening in the house and say it's his kids, my kids, it doesn't matter. And we're all looking at each other. Like, we always like, we say, you know what? We'll talk about this later. We always go to a different room. And we have that discussion. We never discuss discipline stuff in front of the kids ever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you should elect him or you shouldn't have let them or. That's important. Yeah. So important. I think the kids never know what's happening in the room, but they, but we come out a team. A united front. United right. front. That's and important. I think that has been big too, is they know like, oh, they talked about this and I'm not going to be able to, <laughs> you yeah. know, warm my way through. Cause something. they know you're going to talk. They know we're going to talk. Which comes back to communication being super important in a marriage. And if you can't communicate with one another, then it's going to, yeah, it's going to fall apart at some point. So we kind of touched on how important communication is, but there's also other people that come into our marriage, in-laws or family, that can sometimes um, be a challenge. Mm -hmm. So I loved when we talked, Um, before Sharon hearing your experiences (laughs) with in-laws. Yes, indeed. Well, I have to give a little bit of a backstory, if you will. I uh, I mentioned that my father-in-law was a pastor. Yes. And so he and his wife and the other two kids came to our, to my church and started pastoring. My husband-to-be, he was not with them. He was still in California uh, in well, actually, at that time he was in in uh, yeah California, finishing up his first college year. I had been my because of the way my home life was. The year that they came up to start pastoring, I was not really walking with the Lord, and both of them, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, who would be my father-in-law and mother-in-law, they they saw that conflict in me. And so when my husband came up and we met and we started dating and ultimately got married, they're still looking at this person from before. And so they were, his mother particularly was really nervous about him marrying me. And so we kind of got off on the wrong foot to begin with because she thought that, well, I won't go into all the details, but the first several years of our marriage were very difficult because she wanted to help and she yeah. didn't, there was no malice. I know that there was no malice right. involved, but my goodness, I mean, we kept stepping in it every other day with her and I did. 
with her. And it took several years for me to figure out that I needed to find a voice and say something to her about her relationship with my husband and about her um, intense (laughs) interest in our marriage life and in our, in our home life. Right. And so that it, unfortunately, I feel bad about this, but it worked. I mean, it took 10 years of being married before I was able to find the voice that I needed to talk with her. And I think part of that, it it helped because it gave her 10 years of seeing me as a wife. And by that time, a mother committed and and that I was committed that I was truly in love with the Lord and he was primary, et cetera, et cetera. So the conversation that we had made a big difference. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter in my mind, looking back on that, what kind of situation you start out with. I think every married couple has to be able to establish their own family boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that incorporates some um, holidays. Yes. Um, visits. Uh, involvement, conversations, all of that sort of thing. And after that time, we had a really heart to heart. Uh, we hugged, we you know loved each other, and she trusted me from that point on. And I was able to honor her uh, from that point. And uh, but we had to finally established the boundaries for our family because you know you they always say, well, you marry your spouse's family too, which in many ways is absolutely true, Mm -hmm. but you are still establishing your own marriage between you and your husband, your children, whatever. And you have to do what's right for you in regard to in-laws and outlaws Mm -hmm. and everything else. Uh, So that's the lesson that I learned. And it, you know, it's it for the next 40 years, it worked just fine. (laughs) Good. Yeah. And there's, definitely true to the fact that there's influence there, right? Yes. I mean, I can see now being a parent, like how hard that probably is to let go, like Mm -hmm. truly let go and allow your child's relationship to flourish. But there's influence there because we care and love and Mm -hmm. they love us. And so, um, yes, being able to set those clear boundaries Mm -hmm. as to, well, now we need to be united Mm -hmm. and sometimes we will need um, wisdom or we will you know, need your help, but setting that boundary of, you know, where that needs to be. So, Mm -hmm. and coming from it, from the other side, as parents now of adult kids, yeah, we told them when they got married, the lessons that we'd learned and said, you know, now you're getting married, you need to establish your boundaries, your family uh, philosophy, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so when it comes to holidays and things like that, we don't have the kinds of conflict that I've seen Mm -hmm. in some families is who's going to go where and when and how's it going to work and all that sort of thing, Um, because we've seen it from the other side. And so we hold our kids, you know, at a certain point, your children become adults Mm -hmm. and then the impetus for relationship switches from you to them. Right. They hold the power. Yeah. And they hold whether or not, you know, how you're going to relate and whatnot. And when we when you do that as a parent, uh, you get everything back. Mm-hmm. You know, you get the best back because they're free. They're not under obligation. So True. You know, they do yeah. it because they want to. They do it because they're choosing to yeah. love, like you said, Virginia. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. That's really good. Well, and another big thing is faith in marriage. I know we've mm-hmm. all... Um, discuss that, but I just want to share a little um, with my husband and um, kind of our story um, without taking a long time. But uh, we started here um, with the preschool. Uh, Our faith at that point wasn't super strong. um, And we found out we were pregnant with our third. Um, We went on, I started having complications. I um, ended up on bed rest and eventually ended up hospitalized. Um, and it was a hard, um, battle. I, you don't understand at the time why, um, but it, I can look back now and see so many things, but it, um, we lost our child. Um, 
It's really, really hard, but it brought us to God. I, I don't know um, how we would have gotten through it if we weren't here at the time. And I, and I can now look at that and see that God orchestrated all of that. He knew exactly where we needed to be. Um, but going through that loss um, and then made us question, like, what do we believe? Like, what are we going to tell our other children? Um, it brought us to the church, to Gold Creek. Um, they had been bringing us food and we just felt so loved. And it was something we needed at the time. Um, and it, we poured in, we got baptized together. And I would say like our faith, our relationship with Jesus Christ um, was a huge, like that was all just a huge turning point in our marriage. Um, our, it became about our relationship with Christ and our faith became, you know, first, like you were saying, God first. And we didn't have that before. Without having that, I would definitely say there was a lot of hard times before going through that. And that was a hard experience. But as crazy as it sounds going through that and um, getting baptized and, you know, having a relationship with our Lord and Savior is what made our marriage stronger. And still to this day, I can say that like, that that's what makes our marriage stronger. So I kind of want to know for each of you too, how has faith been so important in having a strong, um, healthy marriage? So Virginia. Um, well, I mean, there was one point when, and I think when people go through really hard things because relationships are just, are so you're tied to somebody, you're, you're emotionally tied, you're physically tied. Everything is so you're, you're bonded with that person like no other. So when that starts breaking apart, or if you're, I just want to say, if people are having a hard time in their marriage, sometimes they start questioning God, Yeah, you know, because you're like, well, why would I be going through this? And then you start looking at other marriages and you're like, well, there's a great marriage. And then look at me, I'm going to church and ours is falling apart, you know? And it's funny how, um, that kind of is kind of parallels like your walk with God and your walk in your relationship starts. Like if one falls, they're both falling. And so I would say, because I was at that point and I was at that point really because, you know, I was a Christian, I was a ministry, you know, my ex-husband was a worship leader. I was a youth pastor. I was a women's pastor. I was like, and then here my marriage starts falling apart. And I'm like, well, you start questioning your faith. Well, I don't understand because I'm doing the right things. Why would you let this happen to my family? And it's not even just a marriage. It's your family mm -hmm. falling apart. And so you really do question what you do believe. And, um, I remember being at that point. So to all marriages that are in the midst of having that turmoil, that's when you do need to make that decision. Either you're all in for God and he takes care of it or you're out because there's really not a middle gray area. It's either black or white at that time. And I believe if you're all in, God will make it work out however it did. And as much as I didn't want to be divorced, I feel like God had his hand in it this whole, the whole time. And even with me, you know, being reconnected with my, my first boyfriend really, which is my husband now, I'm just bringing that friendship and bond that I don't know if I would have found it. It's just all God. I couldn't mm -hmm. have gone out. I couldn't have found this man on my own. I couldn't have, I wouldn't have even thought that, you know, to think that I can trust somebody with my children and just all of it leads back to God knows what's happening. God knows when you're crying at night. God knows when you don't feel close to that person next to you. And you have to make God your number one. I remember one prayer I did do, and I think it just really made um, my world change is I was like, you know what, God, you are the only thing that matters. So if I lose my husband, if I even lose my kids, like you are, you define my happiness. And so I will follow you. Mm -hmm. However, that looks, I don't care if people look at me bad for having a failed marriage. I don't care. Whatever happens, I will not budge. Like you are my happiness. Like even though my kids make me happy, my husband makes me happy, my ministry, if you take it all away, I will stay following you. And I really believe like that prayer came from my heart as scary as it was coming out of my mouth. It came from my heart and God just started like unfolding blessing after blessing. And, you know, me and my husband look at each other now. We'll sit on the couch and we're like, how did this happen? Like, how is this even possible? We could have never, we could have never done this on our own. So faith is big. You need God to have a strong marriage. That's just it. Marriages aren't mm -hmm. easy. 
You know, if you're Mm -hmm. a weak person, don't get married. (laughs) You know, (laughs) just don't. If you think it's going to be like the TV movies, like you got it wrong, you know. And so I think that faith is good. And that's what we teach our our kids. You know, my daughter is first boyfriend she got at 20. And so she's six months into this boyfriend and and that's cool and everything. But I'm like, you know, I still like imparting her like you, you and God first, like you need to be happy with God. If he walks out tomorrow, you need to have that first. And so imparting that even in them, they have to see it first. Right. So I always had to think like what I'm showing in my marriage, I need them to be able to see like my mom just doesn't talk. She has to walk the walk. And that has been our, my biggest thing, but they watch that. So faith, faith is big. You can like, you can tell all your kids through your marriage, show all your kids, your faith just through your marriage. Yeah. You know, so yeah. That's a good and, word. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, um, for us, the same, I mean, faith, honestly, we wouldn't be married if mm-hmm. we didn't have God first in our marriage. And a big thing I think too, is when you, you know, when you put God first in your personal, you know, relationship with the Lord and your spouse does that as well. And you are, are finding what you need in the Lord, our security and our identity and our, our, joy and all of that comes from God. If you don't have God in your marriage, we tend to look at our spouse and we expect our spouse to fulfill those things in us. And that is just absolutely impossible. Your spouse cannot fulfill your joy. They can't fill a hole that only Christ can fill. Absolutely not. And, and that's the thing. And, and so, and, and I think that's such a big problem for marriages because you know, that you know, she's over here looking for him to do this and he's looking for, and we're not capable of that. So faith, and then uh, absolutely for the kids, I mean, to see that, you know, we're on the same page, it's important. We, Dave and I pray together, um, pray at night together. And then we wake up and, you know, I'm not going to say we, we read the Bible every morning. We, we fit it in where we can, but, um, praying together has become really important to us, even if it's just a really quick, you know, and uh, being on the same page when starting our day out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, we're individuals first, I think. Right. And when Ray and I would do some premarital counseling, we, we used to say that, you know, there's three dynamics in any relationship between a, a man and a woman or husband and wife. It's you and your stuff with God, him and his stuff with God, mm-hmm. and then the two of you together and that stuff with God. And you're each responsible for your own stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And if if I'm not nurturing my relationship with the Lord, my marriage is going to be affected in a negative way. Right. And if he's not doing it, then it's going to be the same. And so mm-hmm. when we come together, that's where we can help each other. We can encourage, we can support each other. But we each, it has to start with us mm-hmm. as an individual first of knowing God and continuing to nurture that in order to be stronger and have it that strong marriage. Right. Yeah. Well, too, and if we're not getting filled up with God, mm-hmm. then we have nothing to give out that's right. to anybody, our spouse or our kids. And that's, yeah. that's an ugly situation. <laughs> now I want to go into a fun topic, uh, intimacy. So I, that was, like I said, we did the laugh your way to a better marriage. I loved that. If you have never done that before, I recommend doing it with your spouse, but, um, the importance of sex and physical connection in a marriage. Um, I would say going through that, it was, it was even eye opening for me. Not that I didn't know sex was important. Um, but I'll be honest, most women's, we hold that as like a, a trading card, you know, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. if you can, if you do this, then I'll give you this. And, um, And it really challenged like how I looked at intimacy and how important it is um, to not hold it as like a um, reward or like like for them, because obviously we all know for men, um, sexual intimacy is probably a bigger deal than for most women. For us, we are more fulfilled in the little things like them recognizing you need the dishes done or you need uh, or completing your sentence. Right. We're fulfilled in different ways. That's foreplay, by the way. Yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> Take the trash out. Yeah, but <laughs> I think I it challenged my thinking a lot in the importance of like wanting to please my husband and not, you know, using it as some sort of bargaining tool, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So have any of you ever um, gone through any sort of like laugh your or better or anything that really um, helped with sex or sorry, sexual intimacy or anything like that? Yeah, I'll start, um, you know, yeah. And actually, this is a topic that <clears throat> was really hard for me in the beginning. I um, I was raped when I was 19. And so I had a lot of stuff, just that, you know, certain movements, certain, it's amazing, just little things that would trigger a memory or that would take me back. And so I was not loving sex um, when we first got married. It's been a process and we had to do, you know, odd things like turn the worship music on in the bedroom and pray, which seemed so uncomfortable at first to invite God into our bedroom. <laughs> I was like, what? This is weird. But, um, you know, now, I mean, we definitely have come so far and I mean, we have to schedule, we've had to schedule. Um, the kids are a little bit older now, but in the beginning, just schedule like, okay. And that seemed really weird to me to schedule that or, you know, date nights or anything like that. But um, scheduling those times to be intimate, because absolutely, I, I mean, I think not not all the time, but for a man, I mean, men need sex more than I think, I don't want to speak for everybody, but they, it, it's just, it does something for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we've been married longer, and I know, and I realize, I mean, in the beginning, we would... I would get frustrated and that was, it was, sounds terrible, but I would, I would withhold sex just to try to get him back, you know, which is so, the enemy loves that because right. then there's this whole thing and that's all. But, you know, um, realizing that it's a fulfillment mm -hmm. for my husband and, you know, just definitely try different things. Um, get out of the box be spontaneous. I mean, sometimes I've, you know, when the kids were little, it was like, oh, everyone's gone, honey. Or like an hour. <laughs> we have an hour. I mean, no. you have to do the things you need to do. And it doesn't always have to be this long drawn out. Mm -hmm. I, I listened to someone one time and it just was like, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge process. I mean, hey, I'm, I mean, if we're just getting really real, you know, I'll just look at Dave <laughs> and be like, hey, do you need a quickie? I mean, let's talk <laughs> about the reality of what that looks like because <laughs> and I am not kidding. It, and I literally am like, and that involves me doing nothing. I mean, because that's okay. And it's okay. I'm hey, just that's laying great. there. <laughs> but but it's honestly, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge thing every time. And it's so important. And, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is out of our time as women, and what my, what our husbands get out of that is amazing, right? The mm -hmm. day just completely takes on a whole new, yeah. the weekend, the week, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's amazing when you learn to be selfless and just say, I want to. to it's a selfless yes, like thing. God right? created it to bond yeah. us, to bring us together. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to go on to another um, topic that's fun, which is finances. Um, that can cause a lot of disagreements in marriages. So um, how do you guys handle money in your household? Well, we've had a lot of history with going this way and that way with finances. Again, it was a topic that we talked about before we were married. We both had the same kind of um, biases and, and again, a, a philosophy. So that helped. Uh, but as we got into our marriage, um, we used to do it all the stuff together. He was in the Navy when we were first married, and he was paid in cash, so we had envelopes. I mean, literally envelopes. And so this went to the phone, and that went to the rent, and blah, blah, blah. And then as we got busier and had kids, and he was busier outside the house because he had he was multi-vocational. He was a Seattle firefighter paramedic, but he was also a coach, and he still is. And, and in other words, he was, and he was busy in the church. So then I took it over and I, and I, that's still, we've gone back and forth. Like he would, mm -hmm. he would do some times and he would take, I said, and it was funny because when I started 
taking over all of the financial responsibilities of paying the bills and doing the budget and all that sort of thing, every once in a while he would say, well, I, I don't have any money. And I would say, well, there's not money for that or whatever. And he'd say, well, how come we're not? And I said, I would just hold up the checkbook and I'd say, here, you want to try it? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, nope. So we've found a pattern that works for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do almost all of the finances. And we're in a place now, you know, being retired and whatnot is pretty simple. And uh, we're pretty comfortable and it has worked. We both are fairly frugal people and, and responsible. And so we've not, finances have, has never really been a big issue with us, other than the fact when the first several years we were married, we had no money. I mean, it was, and so we had to learn. We had mm-hmm. to learn. I mean, we would go diving in the couch, you know, for the change in order to put gas in the car. That's that kind of thing. So, but we learned. And those early years where everything was tight, we didn't buy anything new. Uh, it was hand-me-downs this and hand-me-downs that. But we learned during those years to partner together and right. make sure that we were, okay, we're on the same page all the way along. And we still are. We're always on the same page. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it hasn't, for us, it hasn't been a huge, hasn't been a huge issue. I'll speak to like some disagreement. So my husband, if anyone knows him, he's a spreadsheet person. Mm-hmm. He is very um, money focused, driven. Like he, his decisions, like he thinks about money. I don't think that way. Um, so there were definitely times that we disagreed um, financially, but I liked what you said where you kind of learn at a point, you know, it. there were times that we fought in the beginning of, you know, seeing it differently. He likes to save a lot. And I'm not saying I don't like to save, but I'm um, more okay with spending um, to have an experience and and maybe then not save as much. And over time, we kind of learned to yield to different things, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of learned, okay, finances, that is a strength for him. It's not as much of a strength for me and kind of allowing him to lead, um, lead us financially and then vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. as we talked earlier about how to discipline, he kind of decided to yield to me and okay, you definitely seem like more passionate and like, this is something that I will yield to you. And so he kind of decided to kind of take on, you know, whatever I had thought was best for discipline and then vice versa for finances. So Mm -hmm. I do think that's important in a strong marriage too, is learning because it can be that like clash. Um, When you come together, if you were independent before and you each had your own way and then learning to come together and yield to different things. Um, so I want to, the, according to Google, um, one of the secrets to having a strong marriage is regularly trying new things or experiences with your spouse. So, um, how do you keep things fun in your marriage? Um, how about Joe, do you, how do you, do you have anything that you guys do? Oh my, I, um, you know, yeah, we, we regularly, you know, have date nights always. That's important. Um, I think a lot for us is, um, being spontaneous. You know, we've, we have friends who are like, Hey, we're going here. Do you guys, you know, and just might not be what we want to do, but Hey, let's, let's get out and try new things. Um, I'm kind of a homebody. So is my husband Mm -hmm. and like to be cozied up, but, but you know, yeah, try new things. Um, you know, if you have friends, you know, we, I do like to entertain and have people over. So that's kind of a big thing with me. And so I, you know, just always, we're just spontaneous, yeah, but definitely good. schedule, schedule things. You have yeah. to do things. You can't just stay at home <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you have to get out of your box. <laughs> so this has been um, a really good conversation about marriage. I feel like we've talked about a lot of things. Um, I kind of want to wrap up and give the listeners like some encouraging words or advice before we end. So uh, what is the best piece of relationship advice that you were given? So I know for me, I had, um, someone had said at some point, like enter into a marriage, like it's a, um, a long-term job, not a temporary job. Like if you enter into marriage and you think about it as temporary, you're going to find ways out. Mm -hmm. You're, um, you're not going to give it as much 
if you aren't saying going into it like, no, I'm committed, I'm going to do whatever I need to for this to go the long haul. I know I've had so many people ask like, why, how are are you, is your marriage so strong? And I say, I just, I don't like the word red flags. I think things are just opportunities to communicate and come together and work through it. Um, so that was advice that I appreciated just go into it without looking for a way out. Um, because that can be really easy to do. Anybody, um, have like a piece of advice that you would give to your just married self? <laughs> um, I had a pastor tell me one time, cause I'm such a mama bear. I don't like to leave my kids. I don't like, they ne were never in daycare, only babysat by grandma. I'm just, no, it's just me. But I remember, um, a pastor was once saying, he's like, look, He's like, counseling's expensive. Don't you think it's cheaper just to go on a vacation with your <laughs> your spouse or go on a date with him? Because that's the time that you need. So get away from the kids, whatever that is, you know, yes. like you say, date nights, anything, you know, mini vacations, staycations, whatever you want to call them. But if you don't get that communication going and you don't just go and do that, you will be paying for counseling down the road. Mm -hmm. But you know, I mean, who knows, but I'm just saying like that is <laughs> counseling is expensive. Yeah. But and it's more fun to have a mini vacation. And it's more fun to get to get like it, do things yeah. together yeah. than to end up in counseling. Yeah. And you don't money. always have to talk about kids. I think that's another big thing too. I mean, it consumes us. I get it. And they're super important. They're so cute all the time. We have a lot to talk about kids. But you really I think I'm making a point, you know, to if you're going to go on a date night or a vacation like if you want to give yourself you know 20 minutes to talk about kids because you can't help it I get it but really get to know that person every single time like make that point whatever it is because I know sometimes it's awkward right to like you've been busy for the last month and then you have to sit in front of that person <laughs> you're like so how's your <laughs> you forget how to like you know have that romantic connection so so I've always remembered that, like, you know, make the time. It's hard to leave your kids, but it's worth it to pay that babysitter or to go on that vacation. And develop that healthy habit, I think, too. Develop it, Because yeah. in the beginning stages with young kids, that's... Yeah. I'm going to... I Let me add to that, too. Just, uh, you know, I would say it's the commitment level in the very beginning that, you know, this is a commitment we're making because... I forget the exact quote, but, you know, the, the ooey gooey, oh, I love you, romantic. I mean, the feelings, they're going to leave at some point. Not leave, but, you know, you're, it's not an emotion. It's a commitment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I would say is every single marriage, we fool ourselves into thinking every, you know, with social media, you know, every everybody has stuff. Everybody has issues. If you haven't hit the issues yet, you will definitely hit the issues at some point. And, and marriage is just an up and down. I mean, there's always going to be stuff. Um, as far as counseling goes, you know, like I said before, get, you know, do everything you can to, to gain tools to put in your backpack. But traditional counseling, I'm, I'm going to add to that and say, you know, Dave and I have been to counseling and that the stigma of counseling is that the church, you know, as a Christian, I think we are so quick to go, oh, well, well I have God in my life. Mm -mm. I don't, how could I, why would I need counseling? I can do Jesus and me, you know, pull my bootstraps <laughs> up, whatever. But the bottom line is there's no shame in counseling. Mm -hmm. I mean, we chose to have a biblically based counselor who could give us a fresh perspective on some issues that we had just come up against a wall on. And we, you know, um, it is definitely expensive. But, you know, get help if you need help. You know, I, I would just be like a marriage is is uh, no one has a perfect marriage mm -hmm. and we're fooling ourselves to think that that's a thing. Um, every marriage has stuff. So whatever you can do to um, grow your marriage is, I think, good. And, you know, if you have friends around you who you can walk with and be held accountable with, I mean, these are all things so. Yeah. I think yeah. friends are important. Um, don't seclude yourself, you know, even when you're, especially when you're going through hard times, like make sure you have a group of people, you know, I mean, that's how like Sarah and I met is like in a marriage group and it's mm -hmm. just amazing how, yeah, if you aren't getting counseling, it's amazing how that is so healthy to see that other people are going through the same thing, to see that you're not yeah. the only wife yeah. that feels that way, or you're the only, you know, your husband's the only one that does that. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, all their husbands do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. I think that's just super healthy to have. Don't be, if you have those 
you know, with our friends, we never, we always make a point to say like, whatever you tell us is confidential or whatever happens in this group is confidential. But what's awesome about it is when you go out and you're able to even have just regular dinners, it's funny how you just people opening up to each other is, is, um, healing mm -hmm. is yeah. healing. And you get to kind of bounce things off of each other and try like, Oh, let's try what they do when they, you know, get in a fight or let's, you know, see what, you know, this works. And it's just very, I think that's, I think that's how God wants marriage to be is we have each other's back. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. Fellowship mm -hmm. is so good, mm -hmm. which is yeah. why today was so great. I'm yeah. so glad we all came together and talked about marriage uh, thank you so much for joining us today. And our next Getting Real About topic will be on Wednesday, October 27th. And we're talking about marriage difficulties and divorce. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yes. Yeah.